Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we are here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, and the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Wolf, and party are coming out. You with stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, no. so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday morning. Bo Wolf here. In my bunker, Shilkapadia and Zach Berman in theirs. We've got an exciting show today. We'll do the third annual Duck Duck Juice Draft. I know you've all been waiting, uh, but before we do that, we will get into some bird on the street. But first, uh, Sheil, I want you, if you can, to tell the story of why Zach Berman is, uh, is floating so high right now. Well, you know, a lot of this is supposed to be confidential, but I don't think it will be. Uh, I don't think we're betraying anyone's trust by uh, highlighting one nugget. You know, we had sort of uh, as companies do at this time and all hands meeting just to check in. How are things going? You know, how are we doing during this uh, sort of challenging time? All those different things. It was going very well. And then, uh, you know, co-founder Adam Hansman is on the uh, on the Zoom and gives a little call out. To a certain cookie-loving reporter from Germantown <laughs> Academy saying, you know, uh, one story that stood out, Zach Berman interviewing rapper Lil Dicky. And so he was highlighting this as a way to show, you know, you're not, everyone's not going to games. We're not traveling. We know the challenges, but let's do our best to get creative. And he called out that story that, you know, per- performed, uh, performed well. And not only that, but uh, apparently uh, our other co-founder, Alex Mather, Philadelphia's own, uh, is a big fan of Lil Dicky. And so Adam told the story of, you know, when I think they were first coming up with the idea of the athletic brainstorm storming that Alex would be listening to uh, Lil Dicky's music and so Zach with the big time shout out so we've got Bo giving the presentation at the combine we've got uh, Zach getting shouted out by Adam Hansman and here I am in my basement Mm, so that is an update yeah you already got the the buck to national (laughs) yeah yeah, that's that's true we're just local guys Uh, but I I'm 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 not gonna play coy I I really appreciated that number one (laughs) And uh, and you said major day, yeah. It, it made my day to hear that, and uh, yeah, because I I was I was proud of that story. I was I was I was, uh, I was excited to report it. I was excited to write it, and I uh, I was watching his show uh, a few weeks ago, and I kept seeing all these Philly references. I, I, I knew he was yeah. I, I knew his background, um, but I, I I thought I could explore his. His background as a sports fan, and um, I don't have our our like uh, our demographical data, but I imagine a lot of our readers are probably like 30s, low 40s, um, maybe upper 20s, and and, and kind of grew up at the, around the same time rooting for the 01 Sixers or or the 04 Eagles, um, you know, the 08 uh, Phillies. Uh, so those teams that that he he kind of really I, I identified with. I'm, I'm hoping our readers. Uh, felt the same way. I have in my mind a a picture of like the conversation that happened in the Berman household after this uh, after this happened, and I feel like it was. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, you you told your lovely wife Emily what happened, and she was very happy for you. But then she was also like, "Can you calm down now?" 
<laughs> uh, she's like, can you change this diaper? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was more like that. Yes. Yes. More like, can but, you can, uh, can you not be so worried all the all the time? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I I joke that I, I hate being typecasted as as the one who always has to write about the rappers. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, that is your uh, that is your corner now. So we will, uh, if we have any ideas, we'll run them by you first. Sheila, how are things in the Capadia household? Uh, Leela, about we're taping this at nine thirty a.m. Leela <laughs> woke up at uh, seven thirty a.m. and about a half an hour ago, she said she was tired and could she take a nap? Uh, that's one child. I think we all, I think we all identify <laughs> with Leela these days. <laughs> The uh, uh, they're watching the show Boss Baby. Have you guys seen the show Boss Baby? No. Uh, a lot of uh, I would say a lot of uh, bathroom humor references mm. mixed in. So we're working on that. They came up with their own version with a new song, which they call Fartis Navidad, which they've been singing. <laughs> uh, they've been singing constantly uh, for the last. Uh, couple weeks so you know on, on one we hand need a you, new, we need a new intro song that sounds yeah. good on one hand you kind of turn your face and allow yourself to laugh and then on the other one you're uh saying i don't know if my ch- children are going down the best path here as they're yeah, well, uh, being homeschooled so that's the, how things are going the good news is you don't have to worry about them embarrassing you in public with that song anytime soon well that's true i would be much more likely to embarrass them i would say over the next decade or so that's Speaking fair. of uh, of of television Artis shows, Navidad. can I ask you guys? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Can I ask you guys a quick question here? Um, Please. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunities. Uh, so hopefully, sometime soon to talk to Doug Peterson. But uh, Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, had had an, an interview with him yesterday. And oh. uh, so late last night, I was I was watching it and. Um, <laughs> Sounds about and right. They were about uh, they were discussing the shows that that Doug and Jeannie are are binge watching, and um and Doug mentioned three shows here, and so I'm going to well, give a list a two, of six. A, a two can we name? This is good. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. Is is, is this okay or, or did I usurp? This is great. Uh, no, this, this is, is great. great. This yeah, is right okay. up my alley. Because you know, you are... know, Bo and I didn't watch that. Uh, yeah, you know, so. and well, this is a good chance to get even more competitive. This is fantastic. So he he talked about a, a lot of other stuff too, but I just thought this was I I, I want to see how well oh, you guys might know the Petersons. Okay. All right. So I'm going to list six programs here, and okay. three of these the Petersons have have been watching. Okay. okay. Beautiful. Let's do it. Modern Family. Little Fires Everywhere, Tiger King, This Is Us, Quantico, and The Morning Show. Which three are the Petersons watching? Hold on. Slow down. I'm writing these down. Modern Family, Little little Fires Everywhere. What was third? Tiger King. Tiger King. Okay. This Is Us. This Is Us. Quantico. Quantico. And The Morning Show. All right. I've got my guesses. Already, wow! Uh, all right, you go, Zach. Don't tell him if he's right, and I'll and I'll get mine. I'm going with "This Is Us," "Little Fires Everywhere," and "Quantico." Uh, let's see here. I am going to go with. I'm trying to think here. Little little fires everywhere. What remind me? What is this show? Is this the AMC one? It's Hulu, I believe. Oh, it's Hulu. Okay. Hmm. All right. See, I, I'm not. I was gonna say Tiger King, but I'm not gonna say Tiger King because if you were coming up with ones to be in this category that he wasn't watching, I feel like you would say Tiger King. So that's out. Uh, Quantico. There's no way you would pull that as one of the. You would just make that up as a possibility. So that's got to be one. So I got one Quantico. I, Bo, did you, are, were you using the same reasoning this as me? This is precisely there? the logic that I'm using. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Quantico. Uh, see, This Is Us is a pretty is a popular show. Now, I could see them watching that, but again, that would be one that you would throw in. Yeah. Know, so, I'm that's not the gonna, one I feel least confident about. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Quantico, Little Fires Everywhere, and The Morning Show. How about mm, that? I think it'll be Modern Family if it's not. Uh... If it's not, this is us. Give okay. us the reveal. This is so exciting. Most exciting thing that I've, <laughs> I've been involved with all week, maybe for the last month. My heart's racing. Tiger King. 
He just oh, oh, man. We should have gone upset. with the obvious. Oh. Okay. Little fires everywhere. Okay. All right. We both got that one. Oh, so it comes down to this. And the morning show. Oh, oh no! yeah, baby. Let's go. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Quantico, Zach? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my, my logic. If, if you guys know us. Doug Peterson... His 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 favorite movies are are the Born, oh are is God. is the Born series, oh and so I was God. trying to think of like an action packed uh, television show, um, and, and and there were a few others that I was I was considering here, but I, I kind of put this list together very quickly. So I was thinking, I like of, that I like that Zach uh, is like watching and he's watched every episode of Quantico just because he thinks <laughs> it gives him a peek into Doug's mind. Yeah, Zach uh, kind of no, went but, next level on us there. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> so, but, but not just that. Um, what really stood out to me about about Doug's reviews uh, were so the morning show and Little Fire is everywhere. Uh, he made a point for both those shows. Well, so he he, he mentioned uh, Little Fires everywhere, and then he said the morning show, another Reese Witherspoon show. So he he made sure to mention Reese Witherspoon. So two of the three shows he's watching, mm, big Reese has, guy, has, has Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, so I I don't know if 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 that's coming from Jeannie or if 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 Doug's favorite actress is. Is is Reese Witherspoon? But I, I uh, Legally Blonde is his favorite movie. Uh, big Little Lies. He was big a big fan lies. of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cruel intentions. Yeah, so, so oh, and and uh, then and, and, election and he then loves. he mentioned. Um, you know, I I don't know if 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 like uh, if this is something that came recommended to him, but uh, so Dave Spadaro uh, uh, recommended a show to him, and then Doug circled back and said. I've also heard really good things on HBO, this documentary with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, and I really <laughs> want to check that out. You should uh, just send him your so, files. <laughs> <laughs> so he circled back to that, and I'm like, Doug finally got my email about that. So. Wait, is that what Dave Spadaro recommended to him? No, Dave Spadaro recommended a show on Netflix about the FA Cup. Uh, oh, like Sunderland Till I Die? I think. Um, uh, yeah, I I need to. Uh, Doug was writing it down. Actually, I did not write it down. I'm, I'm you know sorry, what's funny Dave. about this is like you know Doug still has Doug, Doug like is in the middle of draft <laughs> prep. <laughs> yeah. like, no, come on, listen. If we know anything, it's that. Yeah, the, I agree. The, uh, and really, what is he gonna? We we know what his input is for the draft, uh, you right? How is he gonna be able to catch Howie's yeah. eye from the corner of the room during yeah. the draft this year? He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to uh, send him a selfie, like. Just you know, with with a, a side eye. <laughs> well, so 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 Doug is watching film. Eagles fans can can uh, be rest assured there. He he wakes up. He goes down to the basement, does the peloton and and some weightlifting. Um, oh, yep. And then okay. he uh, he he likes to cook breakfast, and he has okay. he has coffee with his wife. And then he's not working in his office because. Uh, his son, who's still in high school, is um is using that for classes. So mm. Doug is using one of his his son who lives in Cincinnati. Uh, Doug's using that room as kind of his his temporary office, and he's uh he's doing um you know they still have team meetings, and he's he's calling coaches and and uh, he's he's calling college coaches, and he's and he's watching film. So uh, and then at, at at some point he's watching Little Fires Everywhere in the morning show. Did he, have any like Tiger, Tiger. did he have any Tiger King takes? No, uh, no, that was uh, that was the first show he mentioned. I think he said he had just finished that. Um, it really sounds like his life is exactly like mine right now. <laughs> I mean, a lot, a lot of similarities there. Tiger King working from the basement, <laughs> yeah, making breakfast. Uh, well, our, our our family doesn't eat like uh, you know we don't do like uh, it's like cereal. Okay. Actually, Leela keeps eating peanut butter and jellies for breakfast for some reason. So I Casey do likes uh, a peanut butter sandwich for breakfast. Yeah, so I do. Uh, I do make those uh, not every day, but on occasion. Okay, and of course you've got the morning scripture. Did he mention that? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me, Zach. <laughs> uh, no, that did not. No, Zach didn't out. say that. Right. That's why okay. I was wondering. <laughs> what? I didn't know where you were going with that, uh, which is not unusual for the show. Okay, yeah, no, that. That did not come up. So. Uh, okay. All right. So ostensibly, this is a, an Eagles podcast. We've been I say we just podcast. ended. That was. I thought that was a good segment. Keep it short, and we'll see you next week. I think that was the highlight of the offseason. 
but I know that Zach will be uh, upset if he doesn't get to t- tell us about Darius Slay's conference call yesterday. What did you learn from uh, the old man himself? <laughs> uh, Darius Slay's a confident guy. Uh, good talker. I, I, I think he's, he's going to be um, a, a destination in the locker room if and when we get in there. Uh, so, uh, he was saying that he, he wants the game on him. He, he likes traveling with top receivers. Um, he, uh, he remembers the 2013 draft when the Eagles, uh, were very interested in him and the Eagles said they were going to pick him or someone else. The Eagles ended up picking Zach Ertz and he said the Lions said if he was on the board, they would pick him. And he said like, 30 seconds after the Eagles made their pick, the Lions called to, to, to take him. Um, he spoke to Fletcher Cox the night before the um, the trade went down, and Fletcher Cox came, uh, gave him the rundown of the Eagles, the organization, what to expect in the city. Uh, he remembers the Eagles coming hard after him at the trade deadline. Uh, he He did not think he played poorly last year at all. Uh, he 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 thought he had a good year. He didn't have um, you know the same amount of interceptions, but uh, uh, people weren't throwing him as much. Um, and, but you know he didn't make it seem like it, it was his his best year. But he didn't think it was a bad year. Uh, he was asked specifically about covering Amari Cooper and and Terry McLaurin, and he gave great breakdowns of both of those. He really likes McLaurin's game, uh, and he he said that. Uh, you know, he he said the rook kind of snuck up on him, um, and so yeah, so so there's some good stuff from the Slay call. Uh, we'll have more on that on the Athletic uh, sometime this weekend. There you go. Did he think it was a good trade? Did he think it was a good trade? Yeah. Um, he can check out your grade to find out what you thought, but okay. he, he was not asked about the about the the merit of the trade itself. Did he talk about uh, Manny Patricia at all? No, that did not come up. Did he talk about Jim Schwartz at all? Yes, yes, he did. Um, Schwartz drafted him, and uh, you know they they spoke a bit when Schwartz went to Buffalo. You know he knows he knows Schwartz's defense, so on and so forth. There you go. Uh, and then uh, the only other conference call since we last spoke was Jatavis Brown. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that was actually that was the afternoon that mm-hmm. that we spoke. Um, Look, there there wasn't as much there, Jatavis. Okay. Uh, looking forward to meet. I'm looking forward to meeting him in person, but um, over the phone didn't have so much to say. Um, he he didn't speak to Craven LeBlanc before the trade went down, or I'm sorry, before the signing happened. He'll be used however the Eagles want to use him. Uh, Why would he speak always, to Craven LeBlanc? They went to high school together. They went to high school oh, okay. together. I sorry missed that, that one. Sorry. Yes. Uh, sorry, I, I, sh- I should have been more clear there. Um, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't speak to uh, Kyle Lalletta either. <laughs> um, he uh, that it would see, be a he, good that would be a good running gag for a new guy who signs. <laughs> just pick out a random guy in the locker room. Did you, did you talk to uh, Joe Osman before he signed? <laughs> um, yeah, Keegan Render. Yeah, uh, and he um, he thinks kind of his size has always been used against him. Um, but, yeah, we'll have, have, have more on that, too. All right. You guys ready to get into the Duck Duck Juice? Yeah, it was about 9.17 when I remembered we were doing this. So I, uh, I wrote down every position on a yellow legal pad, and that has been my, uh, my prep. But I've got Zach wrote a nice piece on uh, The Athletic today. Of course, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. You can still get the 90-day free trial and the discount. And Zach did a nice roster reset, so I've got that open as we go through this exercise. I'll basically just be uh, referring to that. And then, uh, you know, I, I've lost this. What, two years in a row, Bo? Correct. Okay, so, uh, you know, the old way research wasn't working for me, so I'll just, you know, go with, go with the old gut here. Well, and of course, the game has changed this year with three competitors in the Duck Duck Juice draft. For uh, those unfamiliar, this is a draft in which uh, the three of us will draft the positions that we think the Eagles are likeliest to select uh, and early in the upcoming draft. And so the point system is... Seven points for a first-round pick, 
six points for a second-round pick, five points for a third-round pick, and so on until one point in the seventh round. Now, because uh, there are generally 11 positions discounting the specialists, what we're going to do this year is because the Eagles have uh, so clearly forecasted their need at wide receiver, we're going to split wide receiver into two selections. Both uh, There will be a pick for the first wide receiver selected, the points that that gets, and then there will be a eligible all the other wide receivers drafted. So if the Eagles end up drafting three receivers in the first, third, and fifth round, the third and fifth rounders will count together. Does that make sense? Oh, sorry, I wasn't. Yeah, I kind of zoned out, but yeah, no, so, I think we've got it. Now and, I will uh, say I, I want to say hello to uh, Howie Roseman. Hope you and your uh, family are doing well because uh, this is the episode he doesn't miss. I mean, there's no other way to explain them screwing me last year with the Clayton Thorson pick, which co- cost me the victory. So, uh, hello to Howie. And yes, I am. Uh, I am looking to continue my undefeated streak now. Uh, I have not decided on the order. Should we do uh, does Zach go first because he's the newcomer, or does he get go last because? No, I, I think I go last. No, no, I think I, I think it's got to be random. Isn't there one of these okay, sites yes. you can get like so a random? To, I will go to random.org. Yeah. So, quick question: Are uh, are we doing interior offensive line or? Yes. Yes. So quarterback, running yeah. back, tight end, the two receiver positions, tackle. Interior offensive line. Yes, okay. Defensive end, defensive tackle, all linebackers together, corner and safety. I just didn't know if we, if, if we had to delineate between sure. guard and center. Okay, I'm going to start with Zach's uh, number from one to three. Zach will be picking second. Mm. Sheil will be picking first. Let's so go. go. Sheil, right. Zach, Bo. Okay. Sheila, you're I'm on the clock I... in the third annual Duck Duck Juice draft. All right. Well, this is, uh, the, I feel uh, like. fireworks commence. I feel like I am the uh, team that tanked last year and got the first pick, and it's like a, a Zion Williamson type draft. So I will go with uh, wide receiver one for my first pick. The hideout for wideout. Okay. If you say so, yeah. Okay. And uh, I think talk. next week, and I think next week we're gonna we're gonna get into our uh, in depth discussion of the uh, potential wide receivers at the top of the draft. I've our, actually our gotten to yeah, I feel like I'm ahead of the curve a little bit, with, at least with my wide receiver. You know, as as um, compared to other years, I've I've watched I think uh, or uh, formed opinions on like eight or nine of the top guys, and I'm gonna continue to. Uh, to go through with the other, so I look forward to that discussion. By the way, can I offer a little bit? I'll offer a little hot take. Okay, a little free preview. Are we sure this is a historic draft for wide receivers? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with that. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> Shield thinks it's Jerry Judy and nobody else. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I look at uh, like I I'm I feel like I'm not in love with like. A bunch of yeah. guys, you know, it, it, yeah. it feels like there are a, di- a lot of different uh, shapes, sizes, and skill sets, but I see a lot of guys with uh, with a lot of question marks, so uh, I don't I know if, uh, yeah, so, okay, anyway. All right, Zach, you're up. So the way we split wide receivers is is now I pick wide receiver by round, like the third round, is, is that No, no, you would just, you would get, their if you second take the- wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Okay. They're second and however many they take. You'll get all those points. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Bo. I, I, You're I'm taking receiver? Or... Yeah, right. I'm taking receiver. I, I mean, I'm I'm utterly confident that they are going to come out of this draft with more than one wide receiver. And I, <coughs> excuse me, I, I don't think they're going to be waiting until like late in day three to address the second one. So uh, I, okay. I, I, I feel comfortable about the rest of the board at wide receiver. I think that's a reasonable pick. Okay, this is tough then, because I need to I need to swing for some upside, and I really think that there are only two positions I could see the Eagles drafting in the first round if it's not a receiver. Uh, I don't think that. I think I think the Javon Hargrave uh, signing changes things. That would have been my selection otherwise. But there's also interior offensive line. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna start with cornerback. 
I think it's clear that they think they they uh, need to solve that, and certainly uh, there should be people in this draft who could be better suited to start on the outside than Avante Maddox. And mm. this is classic both during these Zach. By the way, he'll he'll you'll get. <laughs> Ten seconds of silence. Listening to this, I gotta stick to my board. I gotta stick to my board. I'm gonna take. uh, I'm gonna take safety. Where were you listening to? Where were you listening to this, Zach? I was walking back from uh, the Saxby's Coffee Shop on uh, on 20th Walnut, and I I, I remember walking down 20th Street listening to this podcast. And you looked at your phone and said, "Wait, did the podcast turn (laughs) off?" Oh no, Bo Bo is just taking 30 seconds (laughs) for his uh, eighth pick. In this draft, all right. Sorry, so you took cornerback and safety. So you've got the whole safety. second day. Safety huh? is safety is tough because I think that uh, I could see them drafting a safety early. Like I think Xavier McKinney is maybe uh, if you gave a you know water gun to my head, the Eagles are going to pick a non receiver in the first round. My pick would probably be Xavier McKinney, even though he may he he may not last that long. But I don't think there's quite the uh, the depth there. So. I think it's like if uh, McKinney or Delpit is there in the first round or a trade down, that could be the pick. But I don't see them taking a guy in, in the second or third round necessarily. But I could be wrong. Okay. I uh, I, I really like that pick. I, I think it's about time they draft a safety. Blake Countess was the last safety they really drafted, and he was more of a hybrid type. Um, so it's a position that they've neglected, frankly, and that's why they don't have that pipeline. Um, I will go with interior offensive line. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and now it's that's that's not usually a position that that you push high up. Uh, but would it surprise me if second or third round they they go with the guard center type? Um, no, that that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. So I think it's a good pick. More push and berry for the cushion. More cushion berry for the push and berry. <laughs> so so I have two picks now. Is that correct? Yes, you you get you get snaked back. Uh, well, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm glad I got to this pick because, Bo, I disagree with you that there are only two positions, non, uh, non-wide receiver, that they could take in the first round. And actually, th- this comes from my Q&A, my chat on The Athletic yesterday, where a subscriber asked a, a good question, I thought, which was, looking ahead, what's the one position where they could like surprise us? with a first-round pick where it doesn't look like an immediate need, but it's something they value, and they look ahead to 2021, and I thought about it. And how about defensive end? I yes. love it. That's yeah, I love it. Yep. I mean, you know, Brandon Graham's going to be, what, 33 going into, uh, is it twenty? Uh, uh, is it 2020 or 2021? I would have to look it up, but I think he's due $13 million in 2021. Uh, so, you know, certainly that's... At the very least, that's going to be a uh, declining player at that time. I thought he played really well last year, but you know how much longer can you uh, anticipate having that here? Let me let me pull up his contract here. Yeah, he's got no guaranteed money beyond 2020. So if they're going to be in the business of hey, we have to make tough decisions, you know, you can't keep everyone type deal, then he could certainly be somebody who is going into his final year as an Eagle. I mean, if you had to look at who's going to be the yeah. Malcolm Jenkins of next offseason, it would certainly, uh, he could be a candidate. So beyond that, you know, you've got some young guys, but somebody like Josh Sweat, Sharif Miller would have to step up this year. Um, and of course, you've got Derek Barnett on the other side where, you know, you're going to have to be deciding whether you want to pay this guy big time money uh, or not pretty soon so i will go with defensive end there i think if there's a surprise first round pick that that could be it uh, so i agree with that uh, i agree with the the, the premise 100 percent. i'm not so sure that i see anybody in the in the first round who makes sense yeah. for them there uh That's probably like true. like an aj apenza w- yeah like i'm not so sure that like Epi- the, the boy no, from epeniza yeah, uh, moves the needle for me at 21 and I think if they're trading down, they're probably they're they're probably just committing to taking a receiver. I don't think like it, like would they would they fall in love with Clavon Chason? He doesn't seem like a guy that they would fall in love with to me, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I would have to do more of my homework. Yeah. All right. So let's see. I got defensive end. Ooh, now it gets real tough. I feel. Now it gets very uh, very interesting here. Could go there. 
Mm, could go there. Uh, are they really going to spend a high pick there? I don't think so. Ooh, that that one could be interesting, but uh, I don't think you can do it. I will go with... Man, this is tough. Yeah. This is very tough. I'm split, I'm split between uh, a couple here. I know I just made fun of Bo for doing <laughs> the same thing here, so I'm surprised he has not, uh, not called me out yet. I will go with defensive tackle. I'll, I'll just take mm. the entire defensive line. Yeah, I know they just got Hargrave. They've got Fletcher Cox. I don't feel great about this one. Um, but, you know, if you, if you figure Malik Jackson isn't here for the long term, that's possible. Well, the good uh, thing is if you take a defensive tackle early, you could just move Malik Jackson to the outside and <laughs> it'll all be fine. Yeah, that's true. I don't love that pick, but uh, I have to live with it. You know, it's a, it's a position. A position where, value. Yeah, maybe they'll take one on day three or something and uh, you'll still get so- something out of it. Probably not a lot of upside there, though. Yeah, going into the offseason, I, I thought that was going to be a, a draft priority. Um, but Howie Roseman said that they want their free agent signing to take a uh, a spot of a high draft pick for the next two to three years. And I think that's what Hargrave was. So uh, perhaps if they didn't sign Hargrave, that first or second round pick's a D-tackle. I think that's, um, I think that's right. So uh, I don't love this this number two slot because <laughs> my, uh, mm, you know. I, than, my, I'll tell you what, it's better than the three slot. <laughs> my mock draft uh, going in, I, I, I thought I was going to be able to come out with uh, – with the second wide receiver, safety and and D end, but um, mm. I am I am I'm I'm not gonna be thrilled with with what I come out with. Uh, they're gonna draft a linebacker. Ah, uh, I'm, so I'm not convinced. Like I'm not convinced it's 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 gonna be early. I I, I saw now now not to I'm not to call out Todd McShay. I'm, um, but I, I was reading his 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 mock draft on ESPN.com the other day. And he had the Eagles going linebacker first round, cornerback second round. Um, Not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I think they would address wide receiver before that. I'd be surprised if they took a linebacker in the first round. But the, I do think they're going to draft a linebacker. So I, I feel good about getting points with this pick. Yeah. And they my will hope be is that. Linebacker. I think that's right. Yeah, and, and, and my hope is, is that. Uh, Maybe someone falls into the second or third. It, it, well, I, I'd be surprised if they went in second round too. But but maybe someone's there in the third round and I can get some points. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm linebacker I'm was really five, was number five on my big board. That's it's a good value okay. here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm I was linebacker. I was debating between tackle and linebacker. I talked myself into tackle. Maybe you get lucky with a little bit of upside. That's probably not true. You know, in another year, I think definitely you would go. Uh, t- defensive tackle over linebacker, but uh, I pr- that probably is the better. It's a, it feels like a safe pick. I can also see a scenario where they take like you know two linebackers in the fifth and sixth round, something like that, just to get some bodies there. I feel like I got burned uh, by linebacker maybe last year when I mm. thought they were going to draft somebody. This is like the Eagles staying away from like a T, <laughs> T Higgins or something uh, this year. You know, you're you're overcorrecting. Uh, from the big guy who might not be able to to separate, and uh, well, that's where I am. Hmm. Well, I think it's going to be very difficult for me to win the Dunk Dunk Juice draft for the third straight year. This is uh, uh, listen, no, don't. Uh, I don't want excuses here. before this the draft is, a, is even this is an, over. This wow, eight, this was an eight Impressive position draft, and you. I'm stuck at number nine. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I know that one of my two picks, I have to take the high upside swing. And that is that is quarterback, because we know the Eagles are looking for a, a developmental quarterback. We know that because they drafted Clayton Thorson last year, and we think uh, hopefully they learned the lesson that it's probably not worth waiting that long to take one. If there's a guy you like, take him early. So I could see I could see a third round pick quarterback uh, as I had in my last mock draft, and everybody hated. Really, Jalen Hurts there, right? Wow. In your last mock draft, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, it's not what I expect, but I, I could see that. Um, and, you know, Sudfeld signed for a year. It's not like they're committed to him. They need somebody uh, long-term. So I'll take the upside swing there. And then it's between the last three on the board, for those following along, a running back, tight end, and tackle. Uh, this is between running back and tight end for me. And... 
I think they are going to draft a tight end. But I think there's a Oof. I think there's I, a better chance that they draft a running back early than a tight end. I think they'll draft a tight end in like the fifth round. And I think they might draft a running back in the fourth round. So I'm gonna go running back. I can give you my grade for them drafting a tight end now if you want. I'll email that to you now and <laughs> You guys can get it up quickly. Why do you feel so strong? Wait, so who did you go with? I uh, I don't even feel good about it, but I'm going to go running back. You're going I want a running back. back, so yeah, you should feel good. I mean, they're. I'd be surprised if they don't draft a running back. I'm yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think running back is the right choice there. I yeah. mean, yeah, you got, you got Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and they have not signed a vet, which I think is probably smart. You know, maybe if... Uh, August or you know July August rolls around and uh, you don't have anybody else you can uh, certainly address it then. But who are you to doubt Elijah Holyfield? Like there's a chance for a running back who you draft to actually uh, get some touches. It's not like a throwaway pick, you know. Yeah, and it's not like you want to be you know making Miles Sanders a twenty plus carry guy a game. Like you, you, I think you need some help for him. And as as Howie Roseman said in the past few in the past a few years. They've never kept less than five going in the camp, and they only have three on their roster right now. So Now, did he say less or did he say fewer? He said less. Okay, so you're quoting him. You know that it's, it should be fewer. That's, oh, I yes, appreciate that. I know it good should be reporting. fewer. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I took AP style. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, but, uh, AP yeah, over so, here, okay. <laughs> um, so let's see. So I, I uh, Down to two. Down to two. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Shield's logic with, with what Shield did with the defensive line and just kind of getting the certainty that, that he has both positions covered. I'll take offensive tackle uh, because I already have the interior offensive line, and I don't think they're just going to ignore offensive line altogether in the draft. So I will go with tackle just to give me um, assurance that I'm getting points. From, from those this guys. is also this is also good from a uh, adjudication standpoint because if there's a guy with guard tackle versatility, we, sure. we won't have to decide what position he uh, counts as. That's okay. true. Yeah, it worked out well. Same with me for uh, you know this guy can slide inside. He can <laughs> yeah. play on the edge. This Jason guy can Strowbridge, do it all. Yeah. Positionless Game football. Play. This guy can line up everywhere. Uh, why he only had one point five sacks over the last three years? Any uh, explanation for that? I'm telling you, this guy can line up everywhere. Sorry, I had to get That's that good. out. <laughs> oh, so I think great! I could, I could see, I could see the Eagles like a, a, a tackle is is a reasonable like third round pick. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they don't, uh, we know their jury is certainly out on Andre Dillard, it appears. Lane Johnson will be 30. I know he signed. Uh, but, it, I mean, who's the swing tackle if they have to play a game tomorrow? Mylotta? Mylotta. Am I missing yeah. somebody? Yeah, I mean, that's. Prior, is, maybe, but. Okay, so that's definitely, I, I agree. Yeah. Maybe, I'm thinking now, maybe that should have gone higher. Potentially so. Okay. Uh, great. So I end up with tight end. Now, Bo, why did you say. This is beautiful. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is as it should be. So you can you you you're now going to be what a great use of resources. This is a fantastic pick in the second round. Why did you say that uh, you feel like certain that they're going to take a uh, tight end in this draft? Because they what have two I... tight ends on the roster, and they're both very old. Well, I mean, sorry, they're not. One of no, them is old. not. I know they're not both old, but they they need they want to play this they want to play this twelve personnel. They need they need a better backup plan than Josh Perkins. By the way, you just ridiculed uh, Shield for, or I shouldn't say ridiculed, but for <laughs> omitting Elijah Holyfield. Josh mm. Perkins and Alex Ellis are still on this team. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's exactly why I think they need to draft somebody. Uh, but Richard uh, Rogers, unfortunately, is no longer available. Mm. Which, Richard Rogers ain't walking through that door. Which I love this uh, the, this tweet from uh, at Rotopat. Which uh, the Washington football team tweeted out something. Uh, get to know they signed Richard Rogers for those who don't know, and it said like get to know Richard Rogers with a link. And he quote tweeted it and said maybe on day two thousand of the quarantine, <laughs> which, I, which I thought was was very good. But not That's only good. was I missed it, that. But not only was that great, I clicked on it so I could read it here, and the first uh, the first comment underneath is, and they misspelled his name, and so the oh tweet, my God. the original tweet is no longer available. 
That's very funny. So that's, out- that's outstanding. A little uh, kind of how the sausage is, is made sometimes. Uh, at, at The Athletic, we have obviously coverage of every NFL team. And so when another team signs someone from the Eagles or, or vice versa, uh, you often hear from the other beat writers just, just to kind of get a sense of their skill set, how they're used. And so our, our Washington writers messaged both Bo and I about Richard Rodgers. And, uh, and for a guy who was here for two years, there really wasn't that much to write. Um, <laughs> Shield knows exactly what I said. I know what Bo said. Yeah, my gosh, get more juice out of that softball swing. <laughs> yeah, softball swing. And um, well, I mean, yeah, that's so, literally the biggest impact that he had. Well, he he did play in two postseasons for them. Yeah, and the softball yeah. was a bigger impact. <laughs> um, so that was uh, it's. I'm, he was a priority signing though. He got signed. I shouldn't say priority signing, but he got signed before. Jason Peters, Nigel Bradham, um, Corey it's Clement. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure fit. we need to throw Corey Clement in there, but. <laughs> but I well, do I was, think it's. I was thinking of, like, of, of contributors on the Super Bowl team. There you go. Uh, I think it is. Uh, the whole 12 personnel thing is sort of weird. If it means you have to dump money into a third tight end, I well, mean, because I mean, you're worried about one of the top two. not dumping money. All right. Like... Using a resource on a third tight end? I don't know. Just get. Just listen. Go back. Be normal. Go back to eleven personnel. You don't need to. You With don't need who? To, you don't need to overthink this. Well, listen. I would have. They should. I should have said this back in January. I guess. This is a very weird tweet that just came across my timeline. Hmm. Uh, Rex. This is from um, Get Up ESPN with a Rex Ryan clip. And I feel like people are just falling apart at this point. <laughs> Apparently, he quoted saying. Amari Cooper is the biggest disappearing act in the National Football League. I wouldn't have paid this. <laughs> I wouldn't have paid this turd. <laughs> what? what the hell? What is strong? What is Do really you think he's confusing him with someone else? I don't know. It's a very strong. Like, I mean, Rex take. Ryan never coached him, right? What, I, did Amari Cooper overlap with Rob Ryan in Dallas? Uh, no, right. I, I, no. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. It's like a weird uh, quote tweet out of, uh, you know, a big media company like ESPN. But It's got to be someone from <laughs> Oakland who he's friendly with. Man, that's aggressive. That's very aggressive. Okay. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, all right. So to recap, Shields roster, wide receiver, the first one drafted, defensive end, defensive tackle, and tight end. Zach has all of the other wide receivers drafted. Interior offensive line, linebacker, and tackle. That looks like a that looks like a winning roster. I to think me. that's gonna win. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I... And uh and I have corner, safety, quarterback, and running back. It's gonna take uh it's gonna take a weird turn for me to to take this home for the third straight year. I think the, the money is heavily in uh, in Zach's favor. Yeah, I, I have no that, high upside though. I, I think that's that a, defensive tackle pick for me was bad. I wish I could. You should have taken, taken linebacker. Back. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right. I don't have Thank, a first thanks, round. Smarty pants. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think I've, I have a first round possibility on, on on my board. That's the. Yeah, but the difference between the seven points and five points is not so significant. I'm I'm a base hit guy here. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just trying to get. <laughs> yeah, I'm I think trying you're to get, get on, on base. base. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, this is like Shield's dream. Uh, that's that's all we've got for the show today. I got nothing well, else. Well, I have some uh, quickly some questions that we didn't get to the other day. Okay. So let's okay. you know I don't want to be the person extending the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I feel like we should. Yeah, you uh, know, you say this a lot, and you get to typically this. tend to do this. No, the, this would be the exception. This is this is uh, drafting the five eight wide receiver who works out or whatever. However, you want to say it. All right. On a, this is from Nate Todd says. On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried would you be if the Eagles' starting wide receivers on opening day are Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and Justin Jefferson? Well, if, you, if you're guaranteeing me that Deshaun Jackson is healthy and lining up in week one, that's, uh, that's a, I'll take that. So that's not so bad. Well, I think he's asking, you know, that's what's happening in week one, but basically your outlook for the season yeah. with those three. I don't think that's good enough. Okay, so yeah, scale I, one I, to ten. I what give, answer the question. How worried am I? 
10 would be their, uh, their, their lining up uh, Zach Berman, Bo Wolf, and Shiel Kapadia. That sounds what, great. One would be their lining up, uh, I don't know, Julio Moss, J- Jones. Rice, yeah, uh, Julio Jones. Greg Ward. I'd probably and, go six. Uh, six. Well, no, that's, uh, that's not too worried. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, the scale of worry in my life right now uh, it, <laughs> is changed, so I'm not going to lose too much sleep over uh, Well, over I, just, I just gave but... you the scale on football teams. <laughs> So you, you don't, we know it's not as important as the scale of worry in your real life. So I will calm say down. Uh, I'd say that's a seven. I'm gonna. I would go an eight because here's the thing. This is why I think I will get it to Justin Jefferson. But slot receiver is kind of a fascinating, uh, you know, use of resources. If you're gonna give me this twelve personnel, forty fifty percent of the time. Yes. I think if you're drafting Justin Jefferson, you have to believe that he can also play on the outside, which he did two years ago. Two years ago, yes. And I, I, I don't say this in a bad way. Like uh, this is at actually complimentary, um, but I think you guys are gonna laugh when I say it. Uh, there's little Jordan Matthews in his game. You know, when you watch him kind of coming out, and you and you think back to Jordan Matthews coming out. That has uh, single-handedly dropped my opinion of Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Absolutely. Am I wrong? I mean, uh, I know we'll talk about these receivers. Yeah, on, you're wrong because he's pod. a little bit. He has a little bit of dynamicness, dynamism to his game. I think that Jordan Matthews did not. But don't uh, let's not ruin the next pot. All right, I, I would put mine at an eight. That would be worrisome to me. Ortega Whiteside, you have no idea what you're getting from him. Uh, you know, I think that you would be smart to assume that. Uh, at now, you have to go with the baseline that he would be one of the like the bottom, uh, you know, ten percent of starting wide receivers in the NFL next year. Like that should be the expectation, and then hopefully he surprises you. Deshaun Jackson, you know, great if he's healthy. Big question mark there, declining because he's in his uh, he's what thirty three, thirty four years old. And then I gave you the numbers last time on the. Uh, rookie wide receivers. Now, having said that, I think Jefferson, at the very least, does profile as someone who looks like he would be able to step in right away and contribute. All right, let's see. Do we have any other? Okay, this was a question that there was a lot of uh, a lot of replies to here. Uh, this is from uh, Mr. NASCAR. Says mm, new to I saw this one. New to working from home. How many slices of cheese and meat do I put on my sandwich? I've been doing two and a half slices of cheese, Cooper Sharp, and two and a half slices of deli meat, Virginia baked ham. Is this too much? Not enough. That is an outrageous ratio. Okay, so what you do you need, got? The, the, the meat has to be at least at l- probably three times the cheese, I think. Is that true? I, 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 I obviously cannot times, answer this one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's way too heavy on the cheese uh, to meat ratio, I think. Zach, you told us you were a sandwich man. Yeah, um, that's uh, yeah. I think I think that's a little too much cheese. Um, you got me making a lot of grocery store runs if you're doing that. But uh, I think I, like if we're talking like thinly sliced meat, I think you want you want a three to one ratio. It's uh, that sounds about right to me. Really? Maybe, oh, maybe see, I had no, I had no idea. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, it's interesting as a man who uh, who loves cheese. You know, love myself some cheese. On a on a on a deli sandwich, I often don't even need the cheese. I'm happy to just oh, really? taste Ooh, the I, meat. I yeah. like the cheese on that. Oh, gotta have the cheese. Okay, Beak Weddington says, "Is Yannick Ngakwe becoming a little overrated? He's had sack numbers of eight, nine and a half, twelve, and eight in his four years. That's nice, but not exactly Von Miller, Khalil Mack level production. Is he really worth a first round pick or even a two? I think there is a little bit of an overrating. Uh, what 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 I love about him is that he's so young. Um, that's why he's appealing to me. But if you do look at his like uh, like his his hits and and uh, we we don't love pressures, but like his uh, his conversion of sacks to versus hits or pressures is is like maybe unsustainably high. Like he doesn't he doesn't consistently get after the quarterback as much as some other guys with those high sack numbers. Does did, Shield did, get credit if if uh, if they acquire him because he no. picked the end? No. Okay, so that doesn't count. Good for question. Pick Very good question. No, only players drafted. 
I was going off the assumption that I did. Mm, well, that's your mistake. You've uh, played the same game for two years. You knew the rules. <laughs> well, we all know I did not know the rules <laughs> or didn't remember any of that. All right. Uh, I don't know. I would have to dig in deeper on that. I mean, those sack numbers are very good for a guy his age. And uh, as we've said, you know, sacks may have become so uh, overrated that they're underrated. Is that underrated that they're overrated? I don't know. We've, Overrated that they're underrated. Overrated that they're underrated. Yeah. So uh, I, I think he's certainly worth a two if you are a team in position to do that. Um, a first it would be a, probably a tougher ask there. All right. A couple more here. If the, This is from Brian. says, if the Eagles stay at 21 and you take into account the teams at 22 and, and on who might trade up to grab a wide receiver before the Eagles, what is the maximum number of wide receivers you think could go in the top 20, i.e. the Eagles can expect to get at worst this number receiver? <clears throat> I could take this one because I was actually asked this in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that there could probably I could see like five or I, yeah. I haven't I haven't looked at historical data, so I don't. This is just based on I'm looking at the teams and who could draft a wide receiver. I think I had five, uh, so it, I think you would get like the sixth. The worst case would probably be you would get the sixth best receiver. However, what's interesting is that. if they trade de- if they trade back. There are teams behind them who really need receivers. Like, you know, yes. there's like there's like the Vikings, there's the 49ers, uh, there's the Packers, uh, the Patriots. So like in this window between where they pick and the end of the first round, like you do, I think, have to be a little bit careful. If your goal is to definitely get one of the X number of wide receivers on your board and you say, hey, let's trade down, we'll still get one of those. It is going to be a little bit risky, I think. It's Not a that they very dangerous do that, game but... to play. Yeah, they could. So, you know, they could. It could be like four guys off the board. They're sitting there, and they like five, six, seven, pretty similarly. They trade down six spots, and all three of those guys go. Correct. Uh, with okay, this is from Pigman. With Mills moving to safety, what other position switch on offense or defense would you make? On the team, oh, great question, Pigman. Or would you rather transition to an all-positionless player team? <laughs> well, we know that's what we would prefer. But I like that question. Is there a player on the team where you say, you know what, he should, he could be playing uh, another position? This seems like something Bo would go around the locker room asking people about. Mm. Well, aside mm. from the obvious Avante Maddox to safety answer. That would be mine. Um. I think we, I think you would probably get some love from the fans for uh, Jordan Mailata to fullback, probably. But how about Malik Jackson to defensive end? <laughs> Zach, you got any? I guess I would go uh, Jannard Avery to the linebacker. Hmm. Okay. Uh, all He's right. already I... positionless. He's <laughs> a... As in he doesn't play a position yet. Correct. All right. I think this is the uh, this is the last one, I believe. From I have Patrick. one at the end uh, from a donator. Okay, from Patrick. He says, Arguably, Jeffrey Lurie's greatest contribution to the game is helping develop Andy Reid, who finally won a Super Bowl by embracing speed at wide receivers, and now it seems like a defensive coordinator has taken over the franchise. Why? How much weight should Doug carry for not being vocal? Oh, this is interesting. Mm. Well, he's, uh, he's I, watching I, uh, all these TV shows. <laughs> no, I appreciate the question, but I, I disagree with the premise. I, I, I think we can kind of overstate how like Jim Schwartz is 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 uh, is taking over. Um, I don't think that that Doug is 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 being like I I, I don't think this is a, a situation where he's wanted player X, Y, and Z. And uh, and they're they're not signing him. Um, you know, I think the draft was always an avenue they were going to look at at wide receiver. I know in in Doug's case, from talking to him, and he actually emphasized this in the Dave Spadaro interview. His objective, and you guys are going to laugh when he says this, is to resign all his is to resign all his players. That's oh what gosh. that's what Doug wanted. He said when we went to the offseason, I wanted to bring everyone back. Oh my gosh! 
Really? So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You try to. He said. You try to. Do you think he believes that, or do you think he's just saying that because he he has he, he wants to keep that standing in the locker room as the play the yeah, role of loyal coach? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be the guy. But that being said, like no one was a bigger Nelson Aguilar guy last offseason than Doug. Um and uh Doug had. I mean, Doug's been a big proponent for Sproles. Um, Doug's loyal to guys who've who've done it for him, uh, and so uh, you know. So I I do think Doug likes the idea of of drafting these guys and and um, and and developing them, uh, but also uh, the idea of of like believing in your own players. Um, I think that probably comes more from Doug and the coaches than maybe from Howie and and the front office. Like the idea that that the cupboard's not as bare as you think, um, you know that that might be more of a Doug opinion than a Howie opinion. Mm. Do you disagree? The sh- uh, yeah, I I actually now that I think about it, I'm sort of I lean towards what uh, Bo mentioned there that I think he's mostly saying that to you know he wants to be the guy who's loyal and wants all his guys back. I think he's been around enough. To know that you know why, you know, and certainly 2016 wide receiver is very important, specifically with a young quarterback, and that uh, you know he likes these guys enough. But I think if if you know, I would guess if Howie Roseman came up to him and said, "Hey, we have a chance to get wide receiver X, whether it's Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins," my guess would be that Doug would say, "Go get, yeah, like I, I, I'm in on that. That's really yeah, going to help me do my job." I don't think in 2017 he was like, no, we don't need to get Alshon. We've already got Paul Turner. No, I, I agree. I mean, I can tell you uh, for a fact in 2016 he was <laughs> he was getting fed up with those guys. Okay. Um, but uh, so that but, should be instructive. He, I feel. But the but like the idea that that they drafted offense last year and that they signed you know that they didn't draft defense and they signed defense. Um, I I think. Uh, I think that works more toward the personality of the coaches um, than uh, you know. I think Schwartz likes uh, kind of the the known thing. Uh, we've we've seen that from him. You know, I I, I think uh, he's he's shown less resistance to kind of acclimating someone into his scheme. Jannard Avery aside, um, and I think Doug is 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 more of the like build it up organically type. Maybe I, that, I don't that, know. I, I think there's something to the Schwartz thing. Like he, he clearly does value some familiarity. Well, I did. Uh, I listened to the. Uh, now I'm stealing Zach's uh, role here, but I listened to the WIP interview with Howie Roseman. I don't know if you guys listened wow, to that you one. Really are f- searching for stuff. <laughs> I, I I think they got me with like a quote tweet or something, and I thought, oh, he said that. I should. Li- I want to listen to this. Uh, and they asked him specifically about, you know, it seems like Jim Schwartz is getting everything he wants on defense and how he pushed back pretty aggressively on that. It, it was clearly a question he knew or he thought was going to come. I think he said, you know, that's, you know, I don't think that's fair. Um, certainly he, you know, he, he said basically, uh, we take the players to Schwartz who we like and say, you know, do you think these guys would fit or that kind of thing? But it's not vice versa. So it just kind of goes back to that. But what's ongoing the difference theme. if you're taking him a group of players and he picks the one that he's familiar with? Well, he pointed out Javon Hargrave and, uh, well, yeah, but who, of course you can't, I mean, he's been on he's been with the team for four years. You can't fill the entire <laughs> roster with his former players. But like, four bills statistically yeah. speaking, it's, it's, it's <laughs> unlikely that, that there would be this many guys with Jim Schwartz connections. If you're adding only so many players. I would agree with that. I'm telling you what his spin was and why I think that relationship continues to be one to probably monitor. Okay, fair enough. Uh, All right, our last question comes from uh, Yatin, who uh, donated to our uh, No Kid Hungry, which you can still do. Uh, He says, would love to get your guys' thoughts on whether the Eagles should consider trading Zach Ertz to a team in need of a tight end that is in win-now mode. I'm pretty sure Howie would never consider doing it, but given hashtag resources needed elsewhere... Isn't it worth considering freeing up some of that cap space, maybe grabbing a pick or two, and elevating Goddard to TE1? 
I think we talked about this on the on the last podcast. I believe it, it, this feels like one where, on paper, you can certainly make yeah. that case. But in reality, when you look at uh, Ertz, is the only guy who can get open, and he's the most popular target for your quarterback, who right now has very little else, and uh, you know also their personal relationship. And then you know you can get into he stepped into more of a leadership role, uh, work in the community, all these different types of things. I think when you look at the whole package, that's probably not someone you want to get rid of. And I think uh, you know I'll go on brand here, but we pro- I think we probably overrate how easily Dallas Goddard could come in and give you Zach Ertz production. I yeah, agree with that. I, I agree with, with what Shield said, and I would also add, when you have a 27-year-old quarterback on a $100-plus million contract, uh, you need to always be in win-now mode. Now, I, I, I don't think they're going to make as many short-term decisions as they did the, the, the last two years. But I think it'd be a big mistake if if they're viewing this almost like a, a rebuilding job, um, because with with what they're paying Carson Wentz, and this is in theory the, the the prime years for Carson, they need to view themselves as 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 playoff contenders. I think anything short of that would would just be mismanaging a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get the sense that Jeffrey Lurie is a guy who says, you know, it's okay if we don't meet expectations this year when he has somebody like Carson Wentz exactly. as his quarterback. All right, I've got to get to one last one. Sorry. Yeah, this, I promise, is the last one. Cause this is Josh, a classic shield extending the podcast. <laughs> Josh donated. Sorry, I want to uh, be true to our yeah. uh, listeners here. That also is off-brand for me. He says, Howie Roseman has become... The NFL's Danny Ainge, with his almost acquisitions Ooh. being leaked to the, this was a, this was a spicy question being leaked to the media. Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins come to mind. Is this intentional on his part to give the impression he is an active GM, or do the Eagles have a leaky ship? Mm. First of all, I love the comparison. The Danny Ainge thing is so great. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, the, the Celtics were really involved, but the, the asking price was just ridiculous. There's no way they could have, you know, given up Jalen Brown for <laughs> Anthony Davis. That's crazy. Uh, I, I think, too, I mean, I, I can start with this one, I guess. Uh, I think it is um, the former of what he said. I do think he likes to be viewed as an active GM. I think he's talked about this uh, on the record. I think Zach, in your uh, in your book, you uh, you I feel like you have an Thank anecdote you. to to will to always share. be aggressive, right? Yeah, give us your uh, what's the the name of your book, and also the give the correlation here. Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles, emotional road to Super Bowl victory, and uh, I have a lot in there on 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 Howie and his personality and and. And on being aggressive, um, and uh, on, on assembling that roster, and then his background. I have a chapter in the book on his trading history, um, and I actually I, I, I did a story um, back in 2012 for the New York Times on how he has a uh, on how he kind of being ahead of the curve in trading uh, players, and I, I actually spoke to Shields boy John Schneider for that story as well, um, but. Uh, uh, him him talking about um, why it's important to make trades and, and why more teams don't do it. There you go. So yeah, I, I think that it, I do think he likes to be viewed as an aggressive uh, GM who will who is not afraid to make trades. So I I don't think that specific aspect is has anything to do with um, you know like a leaky organization. But I, 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 I am going to say something here, and I'm going to stand up for Alshon a bit, even though we don't – I mean, I don't – or I, sh- I should say we don't know for certain if Alshon Jeffrey is this quote-unquote anonymous uh, source. Um, that being said, it, it is downright hypocritical of the Eagles if they have like this holier-than-thou attitude about like, uh, you know, if you have something to say, put your name to it, you know. Um, uh, the Eagles uh, know how to get information out there. Uh, especially nationally, um, when they want it, so uh, it seems their objection is 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 more for unauthorized stuff. But uh, but it it, it it would be hypocritical for them to object to uh, like an, uh, an 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 anonymous source story to get your version out there, aka or as we saw in the case of the Jalen Ramsey thing. I mean they. It, it was it was it was very clear in the Jalen Ramsey situation that um, 
that uh, they wanted it known uh, that they were aggressive there. Is that fair to say? Oh, baby, Z-Berm coming in hot at the end. I love it. Let's end <laughs> well, it. Well, no, uh, I, I, I say this more as an opinion, like, as opposed, like, I, I don't want to say Alshon Jeffrey was an anonymous source. I don't want to say that, like, the Eagles were behind those reports for the Jalen Ramsey thing. I'm just saying that uh, that if they get up there and, and, and saying if someone has something to say, they should put their name to it, I think that will be hypocritical. And I think it would be hypocritical across the NFL because every team does it. Every single team in the NFL does that. I think that's right, and I that's would go back. Right. I would even go back to uh, my favorite one, which is the combine two years ago, when national reporters were, you know, just heaping praise on them yeah. for wow, they're so nice to Nick Foles. They <laughs> released him. Uh, no, that's we that's really not, felt like we owed it to yeah. him. Class organization. Wow, they no. So uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Okay, that's all I got. I think that's fair. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Burns with Friends. Uh, Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody who donated. Thank you to the uh, healthcare workers and the delivery people out there keeping us afloat. And congratulations to Zach on his uh, presumably winning (laughs) roster for the Duck Duck Juice Draft. For for Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you.